Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Voisati podcast, where we will be exploring the newest and most popular skills, trends, and strategies in the Lexi and voice space, as well as bring on the creators themselves that develop these skills and hear their thoughts and what they are currently working on. And today we have just that. We have Pat and RJ from Voice First Tech. Uh, they're the founders currently based out of Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State University, and they are fully into the voice first world, engaging in conversations, educational content, uh, and some really great stuff going on there that I believe is useful to all of us working in voice. Uh, it's been incredibly influential for me over the past couple of weeks. It's great to have you guys on the show. Seth, thanks for having us. It's an honor. Thanks for having us, Seth. Yeah, so I one of the things I was very curious about is like origin stories and how people actually got started. And so I'm kind of curious about how you guys first got into voice, um, even be maybe before uh, voice first tech or kind of just play out both of your individual stories and how you guys got interested in the voice space. Yeah, I will start. This is Pat Sweetman. I've been in voice since 2014, back when the Alexa skill kit became open and accessible I thought it was the bee's knees. I just got really excited by the thought that I could talk to technology and have it work. So I learned how to do it. I learned through the Amazon tutorials. I just went on their website, did their quick start guides. And after I started learning, I went onto a platform called Upwork, which is a global freelancing platform where I was able to apply the learning that I was doing while I was in college on the side at night after my classes, I was making money. I would start off with just like $100 apps, simple voice apps and start building that up. When Google released its platform, I got even more excited. I was anticipating that one. Alexa was more of a reactive. I saw it happen and I jumped on. Google was, I, I saw it coming and I was on it the day that the platform was released. So I was building that, doing Upwork freelancing until this past summer. I was working at Amazon in Seattle and their IoT team. And while I was working there, I saw some of your YouTube videos, which led me on to Jovo. And then I saw this really random YouTube video that said how to change your solo freelancing into an agency. And that shifted my perspective of, wait, voice is such a big wave. Why would I just do this on my own? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of money I could make and I can build a lot of clout for myself. Why don't I make this a wave where other people can benefit from it? So I shifted my focus from trying to build apps myself to being the leader of a team and that was where I started Voice First and started bringing other people on to do freelance projects. And from there, it's just been getting a lot of experience from our clients. And now that we've been getting all of that data, we've shifted into building our own real estate. So we've got a few apps that we can talk about later that we have internally that we have released. And they're our own apps. So we've kind of, the whole path was I freelanced as an individual, made some money. I shifted that towards being an agency where we were still contracting, but we were contracting as a team. And then once we had enough capital, we shifted the contracting towards building our own subscription services all on the voice platform. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my story. RJ, what about you, bro? My story begins in February, 2018. I was working on a startup and about six months later, well, however many months it is till August, um, I joined another startup there we were sponsoring, we were hosting hack nights at Ohio State University off campus and Voice First was our first sponsor and they sponsored a series of hack nights. 
And that startup ended up not working out because of some outside issues. And at Hack Nights, we were teaching developers how to build voice apps with Jovo, which we heard about through you, Seth. And me and Pat just had a lot of time to jam during and after Hack Nights. And we now have a team of, I would say, six to eight, six to, depending, you know, we have a probably, I would say, three full-time developers that are, you know, sold on the vision. We have others that are contributing and learning through our Udemy course. So, you know, it's been a great ride. And I would say anyone that is trying to start a company, just put yourself where you want to be and be around the people that you think are going to be where you want to be. The reason I was hanging out with the person before Pat was because he was the smartest developer that I knew. Then I met Pat and he was on that same level, just upper echelon. And then Pat's drive was insane. And I looked into voice and now we're catching this wave. So, you know, it's been a great ride so far, but we have a lot more work to do. You know, it's amazing to hear those stories and specifically some of the points about, you know, cause you guys are currently in college, correct? Yeah. I, I still have another semester of school. I just took my last test two days ago, baby. Let's go. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. I, I think I, I'm actually in dead week right now. Go ahead. I, I said I'm actually in dead week right now. So I have finals next week. Oh, good luck, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Um, not that you need it. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not sure quite about that yet. But I, I love that you guys are out and just getting it. You know, seniors in college, most people are looking – for the steady job right off the bat. But you guys coming industry, it's basically there and it's only growing just like the sales of the past uh, Lexi on this past Black Friday, uh, Cyber Monday, this entire week. It's off the charts. They're sold out everywhere. Clearly, this is going to be a big thing. And I like that you guys are just jumping on that and getting after it being so young as well. I was super shocked when I, I see this message on salesforce.com the Monday after Black Friday, and it was like insights from Black Friday sales. And I started scrolling through that, and I was like, okay, cool. A certain number of purchases were made on mobile, and mobile sales are increasing, and web sales are decreasing. And on Black Friday, people are shopping more on mobile, whereas on Cyber Monday, people are still shopping more on web. The third most looked up product and bought during Amazon or during a Black Friday weekend was the Amazon Echo. And the fifth most bought product was the Amazon Kindle. So it's this Black Friday weekend, like you already said, voice was one of the biggest products, which means that this Chris, these holiday season, when everybody gets those products for, for gifts, it's voice is just going to go bonkers. Huh. A lot of user data. So you guys are building this agency up basically from the ground. Um, we're seeing the voice space constantly changing and evolving. And you guys are targeting some very specific industries and building apps that you guys can scale pretty well. Could you guys talk a little bit about some of the industries and businesses that you guys are trying to cater towards right now with voice first? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a little nitpicky. We Started as an agency, but now we're focused on building platforms for industries with industry partners. And Okay, perfect. 
One thing I wanted to hit back was that, you know, we are college students, but we see that as an advantage because our, our developers are students. And as they're learning how to develop voice, they are in class learning the best practices. And so they are able to apply these things that they're learning in class. And so we just see that as such a competitive advantage as rather than someone in the out in the workforce that is not, uh, you know, learning these things that they are in school, they're not applying them, et cetera. Like we're baking what we learn in class into our company. And so the industry yeah, sure. we're attacking are, we have a partnership with a dry cleaner that we're creating a platform with that are onboarding dry cleaners, enabling them to um, allow their users to order their dry cleaning to be picked up from their house. Also, we're enabling people that want their house to be cleaned to say, Alexa, I'd like my house to be cleaned and then schedule that cleaner to come to their house without picking up the phone or going onto their uh, computer. So really what we're looking at is last night we were sitting around and talking and we just thought, all right, where are these devices in people's house today? Why are people buying Alexa devices, Google device, Lexi devices, and where are they putting them in their houses? All right, what activities are they doing in those spaces? How can we make that easier for them? And then the things that came to mind are things like nobody likes doing laundry and less and less people like doing laundry in these future generations. I look around at my college peers and I see that they don't like doing laundry. And if we could give them a service where they just say, hey, Lexi, pick up my laundry. And then someone shows up at their door to pick up their laundry. They do it and bring it back. That, that seems like a no brainer for me. And the same with house cleaning. People don't like cleaning things up. And if you could just ask your Lexi device, hey, Lexi, schedule someone to come and pick up or someone to come and clean my house. It's going to save people time. And that, that is really for me where I'm seeing that voice is offering the biggest benefit to bi other businesses, saving your customers time, reducing friction, just making it an easier experience to do the things they're already doing. Just save time. Cause at the end of the day, people's time and attention are their most valuable resources. So what we're doing with those we built out the simplest thing that could possibly work. That's one of the principles that's baked into voice first. We have this in the hands of some dry cleaners. They are giving us data then, and we're going to build out what, you know, we're going to follow the, the data as our pathway to the future. Yeah, so there's a couple things that I really love about what you guys are saying here. Uh, the first one being that you guys are really establishing yourselves as being like an industry leader in this space. Like, as you guys are kind of mentioning that it's such a new space, I mean, relatively new in, in the grand scheme of when you compare the, compared to, let's say the mobile and web platforms that are currently existing out there. It's like a baby in that aspect, but it's definitely growing that space. And it's crazy that you guys are establishing yourselves as the leaders in that space. Because, you know, when, if I was a full-time employee, let's say, working on web platforms and whatnot, I wouldn't have that big of an incentive. And so a lot of these companies that, you know, are well-established, they just don't have the, the resources and the ideas that could be played into the voice space. So that's so crazy what you guys are doing, you know, tackling one industry at a time, building these platforms. And the second thing is context. I love that you guys have a strong grasp on context of where it should be used. One of the best things you pointed out was that like, hey, look, let's see where the Lexi devices are right now. And they're in the home. That is like such a clear thing. 
you look at some of the apps and voice apps that are being placed right now, people are trying to force ideas that are unnatural to the location where the device is currently comfortable um, and socially acceptable. But something like, you know, like picking up laundry, man, I, I hate, I hate doing laundry. So if I could, you know, if I'm sitting in my home and I could have someone just pick up my laundry, do it, and then have it returned. I mean, that's a game changer. Yeah, Seth, we're in the time-saving business. Yeah, I, I, that's that's crazy right there. So you guys mentioned that you guys are you're building partnerships, you're building this platform. Where do you guys see yourself moving uh, as that in the next couple months? Right now, we're building out our current customer base in the dry cleaners and in the house cleaners. So if you have a dry cleaning and house cleaning company, give us a call. We can bring your business to voice. Uh, we've got our subscription models on our website. So very cheap and affordable for anybody to join and bring their business to voice today if you're house cleaning and dry cleaning. Moving on, right now, one of the big areas that we're doing research in is food delivery. Because we've seen that Grubhub has a voice app. And we were just talking with you a little bit with Domino's, you told us the stat and we went and looked it up. It's crazy that Domino's, 20% of their orders are conducted via voice. And I think of the, the same opportunity. It's think about what are people doing in their house? They want to eat food. They also don't want to cook. And young people want to cook even less. The number of people who are going to fast food or they're leveraging apps like Grubhub, Uber Eats, it's just shooting up. And Uber Eats does not have a voice app. Grubhub has a voice app. It has three stars and hasn't been updated since 2017. So the space is untapped. Companies like Domino's are smart enough to go in there and do that. Nobody else is yet. So food ordering is one space that we're going into. The other part that we're really pushing out, and this is kind of my pride and joy, is the Udemy course. It is such, like you've already said, it's such a young field that the potential is endless, but there are very few resources to actually teach people how to start fueling that industry. So we went and created a Udemy course, the ultimate voice development course that teaches people how to build voice apps on Jovo. So you build both Alexa and Google skills quite easily. And it's a cheap course, you know, it's $10 most days. And we get, so we now have students, that course was released in October. And we now have 87 students in 24 countries. And we're on every single continent teaching students except Antarctica. I'm looking for Antarctica students next. So if you're listening to this and you're in Antarctica, hit us up. I will make you a student. I'll give you the course for free. But that's my biggest pride and joy is teaching people how they can do this themselves. Because this wave of voice is only going to get bigger. The amount of opportunity, the size of this pie is only going to get bigger. And rather than a lot of companies that are trying to hide all the secrets that they have, I, and I think you do as well, we have this philosophy of open source and sharing and collaboration over competition. So the more we put our information out there, the better other people are able to join in. Because like, even if, even if here, here's an argument that a lot of people give me, Pat, you guys are putting out all your information on podcasts and YouTube episodes on Udemy. Aren't you worried that someone's going to take that and then they're going to start up a competitor that passes you? My response is always, no, are you kidding me? If someone goes and learns all of that information from us, even if they do come and they create a service that's similar to ours, just like what we're doing with you, we're going to go and bring them on our podcast. We're going to go on their podcast. We're going to talk to them. We're going to figure out how we can make a partnership that makes one plus one equal three rather than trying to compete with them and really ultimately hurting ourselves. And when they can go and say, when someone like you asks them, hey, where did you learn? And they say, we learned from the Voice First Udemy course. That adds a little bit of clout to us. So 
some people are worried about it. I, and I think everybody on my team shares this philosophy that collaboration over competition is the way and open source is going to rule the world. Part of the, I just wanted to provide something that supports why we are doing the Udemy course, but if you go to Google, you type in waitbutwhy.com, then you go and you search the Neuralink article they did, just Google wait but why Neuralink. You'll scroll down about halfway down the article. It's an extremely long article. It'll probably take you about 45 minutes to read, maybe longer. You'll see Elon Musk's company formula, and it's, it's kind of a, it's not a business model, but it's a kind of a formula that he uses to industry. You know, if you listeners, if I, you know, if you follow him a lot, I did in the, uh, probably the previous three years, not so much anymore. Um, but his desire for SpaceX was you sell on the vision and the vision is Mars. And he's been selling on that vision for over 10 years. Now there's the industry is ignited and everything becomes cheaper and better. And so that is the Udemy course is our like fueling the industry. We are kind of a spear. Seth, you are a spear. Everyone in the industry is a spear and we want to get as many people in the space industry as possible. For us, it's, you know, the voice industry. There's people aren't here. There's no one here. We are the only ones here. And so, you know, we want to build that community. It's so encouraging to hear another group of people that are so focused on delivering value to people that don't know about this thing or maybe don't have access to it. And, you know, Lexi isn't even available in like all these countries yet, but it's coming to that very soon. The fact that you guys have the reach and the availability to bring that education to that wide of an audience is really amazing. You guys mentioned once as something that I'd kind of like to dive into just a little bit deeper, which is one plus one equals three. And you guys have kind of dropped a little hints of that here and there. Could you guys go a little bit more into depth about the philosophy of one plus one equals three for both of you guys? Yes, I'm going to start because a lot of people hit me up on social media and they ask, what is up with this? Why are you pushing out bad math to all of these young minds, these young malleable minds? <laughs> okay, let me start off. I do understand that in math, one plus one does equal two. If you have one book and you add in another book, you do get a third book. At the same time, I, when I act on my own, I am just one. I started this company off as a freelancing, me just freelancing on my own. And I can do a lot on my own, but at the end of the day, I am just one person. Now, you as well, Seth, you are also just one person. You can do a lot on your own, but at the end of the day, you can only accomplish what you can in 24 hours. Now, when I collaborate with you and you start telling me that Domino's, 20% of their orders are delivered via voice, I now have this random added value that somehow made me alone as a one and you alone as a one. We were able to come up with this extra hidden value that was somewhere in the magic in between of us, and that's where the three comes from. I work with RJ and RJ and I are sitting here with one of our other developers, Samir. And as we are talking on this podcast, putting out value onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samir is continuing to build out our house cleaning app. So he's sitting there, he's hearing all the value that we're getting, and he's also adding value into the company with that. So us collaborating somehow, I, I don't know why, I'll probably figure out and write a thesis at some point where this extra little bit comes from. Somehow, when two individuals come and work together, 
it creates this extra value in the middle that makes it equal three, which, which is why you always need to figure out how to collaborate with a person over competing. Because if you're collaborating, you're creating that context where one plus one can equal three. If you're competing against a person, you are using the same energy that you could be using to create, to add value. You're using that energy to detract, to slow down, to add friction. And there's in, in the world that we're in, where we're just getting more and more technology and things are accelerating faster and faster, the people who are trying to slow all of that down are going to realize that they're handicapped and they're fighting the wrong battle. So I, I think this is just a natural trend I think is going to continue. And the people, I think the people who embrace this trend are the ones who are going to be really successful in the new economy. I think that our generation and especially the voice ecosystem around the world, as I'm watching Jovo and their conference yesterday they had, I think that it's a principle that's baked into all of us. Like it's just innate. And I think that it's going to be generally accepted around the world. That is such, that is such a good point from that perspective. Cause I remember when I was first going across that, maybe it was on Instagram. I believe it was probably first when I first saw that. And I was looking at that and I was like, man, I wonder what they mean by this. But as I was kind of diving more into your guys's stories, uh, and your talk about meditation, kind of mindfulness, and what you guys are doing there as a team, kind of that group effort there, and also listening to your guys' podcast, I started to kind of pick up hints of this, this collaboration aspect, uh, as opposed to this individualistic aspect. And that's such a good point that, you know, when we have two people, three people that are working on the same thing, collaborating, sharing ideas, it does kind of fill that extra void that is left by if you were just working on it by yourself or two people working independent of each other. That's such a good realization. I think that you guys are right when you're saying that this is going to be a big thing moving forward, this collaboration aspect, providing value up front. And like the conversations that we're having right now, I'm sure that you guys are having between members of your team on a daily basis. We have more attention I'm sorry, we have more time than we have attention. I can work on voice first for 10 hours in a day. How many hours of those are going to be 80-20 where I'm spending 20% of effort providing 80% of the value? And when I'm not thinking about it, say I work very many hours and I get tired of it, well then Samir texts me, hey, did you get this? Or there's a problem in the code this. He had been working on it for four hours and I didn't even know about it. And he comes with this question and then I can now hop in and help him. And it's a feedback loop. And we basically feed off each other and we can go higher than we individually could have gone. Sparked a big idea for me is the, the feedback loop. When, when you're competing and you're building walls of privacy around all of your ideas your feedback loop gets slower. I, I feel like a lot of cultures that have this are built on the waterfall mentality where you build a long project and you got to keep all of it secret. But when you're playing these iterative games, when you're, when you're building in this agile sprint environment where everything is just, let's put it out there and get feedback. Put it out there, get feedback. Pivot, execute. Pivot, execute. You know, when you have that, like the more, the more you're willing to get that feedback, the more you're willing to put things out there so that people can tell you when you're wrong, it gives, it gives us a better ability to pivot because we get that feedback. Samir, Samir could have kept plowing along for eight hours, but because he got that feedback, RJ was able to jump in and then cut off another five hours of debug time 
because RJ pointed him to the right article. So he just had the answer at his fingertips. So companies that are still building up a sure there may be I, i'm starting to find less and less reasons to sign ndas and other forms of of silencing um, unless it's built around information like medical records or credit card numbers or personally identifiable information we have some companies who are trying to uh, they, they want to follow what the industry standards are which is you have people who you're working with sign non-disclosure agreements and non-compete agreements and that, like right now, one of our industries are currently being very slowed down in our ability to release because we're having to narrow out all these details of what are we allowed to talk about and what aren't we allowed to talk about. And I, I think that that's just asking the wrong questions. Why are, we, why are we spending time trying to figure out how to block other people out and hide the information? We could spend that same time, the two, three hours that we're spending every day working on that, we could spend that making our product that much better and making it so the competition can't keep up because we're just accelerating so much faster than anybody else can. And I think that is actually, that's something that our customers when we were an agency told us that they found very valuable was our speed of execution. When you're building walls, you're, you're creating friction and you're slowing things down. When you're collaborating, you're making things open source, you're speeding things up. And that for our business has made it so that we can build products incredibly fast. We can bring them to market even faster. We can get feedback from industry partners and find out how to add more value to the industry lightning fast. You can't even see it. It's a blink of an eye. So speed is everything. Open source tax on to add speed and reduce friction. You know, one of the things that you guys were speaking about specifically being speed, and I was recently listening to your podcast on thin thread software development. And I was that like two days ago, three days ago, was that? Yeah. Um, and I believe it was both of you guys talking back and forth about the concept of thin thread software development and how that's helping you guys build apps and platforms incredibly fast. Could you guys kind of speak? We have a large developer and creator audience probably specifically listening to this podcast for some strategies for building voice apps so that someone doesn't get ahead of themselves or get lost and the entire structure and get overwhelmed with creating a voice app. What are your guys' strategies for scaling and creating voice apps quickly? Start with the end consumer. That, that was, yeah, glad, glad you brought that up. Start with how are you possibly adding value to a consumer's life? I fall into this trap a lot. It's, hey, I know how to build apps. I know computer science. I know JavaScript, Python, programming languages. And I, get, I go to hackathons. I went to a lot of hackathons while I've been in college. And I get really excited about going there and then just like, ooh, I have this cool idea of how I can use these two technologies to build a website. And then we do it. And then the judges come around and they say, okay, well, how are you adding value to a customer's life? And all of a sudden I look around at my team and I see all of the, the, the color drain from their face as they realize we had spent 24 hours without sleeping, jacked up on caffeine to build a product that nobody needed. So we quickly, I quickly started to figure out that when we start by asking what is the customer story? And then we, we step ourselves, we get out of our own shoes and then slip our feet into a pair of comfy customer shoes. And we start to think, all right, the customer, what does that experience look like? And actually coming out of Amazon, this was one of their big principles. I loved this. This was one of the big things they taught me while I was working at Amazon. Every project that they do starts with, all right, how does Mary, who is 97 and living in Idaho, how is she going to use this AWS service? And it was like, wow. Because a lot of times you're just like, well, who cares about Mary? We're building for these 23-year-old geniuses. 
well, is Mary one of your customers? If she's one of your customers, she needs to have value. It needs to add value to her life. Otherwise, why are we spending money doing it? She's our customer. She's the one giving us money. Why aren't we building to make her life easier? And that was just my mind, just slow-mo explosion. It's like, wow, okay. So now before we figure out when, when Samir delivers this new feature, we sit down. Samir's really good at this customer experience thinking, actually. So we sit down and we say, okay, what is our next feature? We spitball and put up a bunch of ideas up on the board. And whichever one, when we get down to a list of top three, we sit there and we say, okay, how is a customer going to use this? And then one of us pretends to be the customer. And then we talk about the different ways that they would use this. And then we just figure out, all right, well, we have, we've used this empathy. We've done this role reversal to put ourselves in their shoes. Now we have seen, like, it's obviously not as good as actual data, but just having that mentality of trying to be your customer and trying to figure out what it is you could add value to their life, starting off with how you can add value to the customer's life is thin thread software development. It's, it's taking a single user story and then connecting that to the actual work that you're doing. Take a story that benefits the user and connect it to the work that we're doing on the day-to-day. It honestly gives the work that we're doing a lot more meaning when, when we're able to uh, use thin thread software development. If you don't know what that is, all you have to do is type thin thread software development into Google and you'll see our podcast is like the second link. Yeah. And that is one, like one of the main points that I heard from, from those two things was the idea of audience first and product second, which is one of the concepts that I'm trying to teach myself and continue to force myself to learn over the past couple months. It's something that Reed Hoffman tries to hit home with this idea of uh, an MVP. Obviously, Reed Hoffman is one of the founders of LinkedIn, um, investor at Greyhawk as well. And he talks a lot about, you know, releasing a product early. And if you're not like somewhat a little bit embarrassed of your product, your, your first MVP, then you probably released it a little bit too late. Because you want that early feedback loop and you want to focus on the audience, the end consumer first, and then look at the product second. So I think that's such a such a great point that you guys were making there. So as we're kind of like wrapping up some of this podcast, we got to talk about some strategies, what you guys are working on the space, the platforms, the industries that you guys are trying to target. I'm curious to know about where we can find you you guys' content, what all you guys are doing right now in that space. Thank you. Here is the plug for Voice First. Go to any social platform, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and just type in Voice First. You'll find us. We're the first ones there. We have the most followers and the most posts. We are highly active on all social media. If you ever have a question about building voice apps, if you have a question about the voice industry in general, we collaborate incredibly fast. If you ping us on any platform, we will probably respond to you uh, probably within 30 minutes, but definitely within five hours. So contact us there. Uh, if you want to take our Udemy course, we actually have created a code just for this podcast episode, and the code is Voiceiety. So if you go on to our Udemy, if you search in Udemy, Jovo, we are currently at the time of this podcast, the only Jovo course on Udemy. So if you search Jovo and you find the Udemy course, you can type in as a coupon code, Voiceiety, B-O-I-C, 
You, you're, you're kidding. I-E-T-Y. Thank you. Can you spell it out again? V-O-I-C-I-E-T-Y. Yes. If you type in that coupon code, you'll get the ultimate voice developer course for free. So you can go ahead and, and start learning how to build voice apps at no cost. Um, outside of that, go to our website, voicefirsttech.com. You can check out our dry cleaning service at voicedrycleaner.com. And podcast. Oh, yeah. Also our podcast. We've got a podcast uh, as well. Okay. It's called the Voice First Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Android Auto, uh, Google Home, and uh, Siri HomePod. I think the only platform we're not on right now is the one that everybody is on, which is Amazon Alexa. So what, <laughs> right now I'm realizing we need to do that. That's where you can find us. And we'll just be, we'll be hacking the voice industry day by day. Yeah, before we finally close this episode of the Vusadi podcast, I just want to give another quick plug to their content and what they're saying there. They're, they're, they're very honest when they say that they're active on these platforms. I'm subscribed to them and following them on basically all these platforms. And it is insane how fast they move in creating content. I mean, they are there on the grind every single day. So if you guys are on Twitter, if you guys are on the you guys are on the podcast, big podcast listeners. Maybe you guys like that video. You like that visual point. They are on the grind with that. So I'd encourage you guys to go check this out because you guys will be getting value consistently and you can get it for people that are industry leaders working in the space right now. So it's something you guys definitely want to jump on and definitely go check out the Udemy course. I'll put all the links to what you guys are doing in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to check out any of this stuff, I'll just put the links all there. Hey, it's been great to have you guys on, Pat, RJ. Hope you guys had a great conversation today. I surely did enjoy it. Hey, thank you for having us. Last note, make sure you remember one plus one equals three. Keep playing iterative games. 80-20 rule applies to all things in life and have a bias for action. Seth, thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been awesome to have you guys. So as we're wrapping up, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Voiceity podcast. In the future, we're going to have more people like Voice First Tech on in the future. And I'd love to have them back on here in a couple months and see what new stuff that they are working on. So as always, guys, you guys can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and on voiceity.io. If you guys would like to jump on the Voiceity podcast, talk about a skill, something new that you guys are working on, you guys can email me at seth at voiceity.io or just send me a DM on any of the platforms that I just mentioned. This will all be in the show notes as well. So as always, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and I will see you guys next time.